Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In 2010, Taji, a sleepy fishing town in Japan, suddenly found itself in the worldwide media spotlight. The Cove, a documentary denouncing the town's longstanding practice of whale and dolphin hunting traditions, won an Academy Award and almost overnight turned Taji into a go-to destination and battleground for activists around the world. In the film, A Whale of a Tale reveals a complex story behind the ongoing debate told through a wide range of characters, including local fishermen, international activists, and American journalists, and a longtime Japanese resident, this powerful documentary unearths the deep divide in Eastern and Western thought about nature and wildlife and cultural sensitivity in the face of global activism. And that is truly the story behind this film, this documentary film, A Whale of a Tale, and we're fortunate to have with us today the director and producer of the film A Whale of a Tale, that would be Magumi Sasaki. Magumi, welcome to Film Hello. School. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I want to thank you for coming back. You have been on a couple of times. You're on for uh, Herb and Dorothy and Herb and Dorothy yes. 50 times 50. And, uh, yes, yeah, 50 and 50. Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, well, welcome back. And um, this is such a, a story sort of fraught with emotions and heightened sort of sense of what's, what is right and what is wrong. The, mm-hmm. Certainly the Cove spurred a lot of international indignation and, and activism. And, and, and here you've presented a film that is a, a, a different take on what, what, right. what is happening in this community. What prompted you? What was sort of the impetus for you to dive back into Taji and the circumstances surrounding this this community? You know, I'm Japanese, and I live in the United States for 30 years. Um, you know, when it comes to railing, I always heard one side of the story only. I was wondering why. Um, because we hear always both sides of the argument, whether it comes to gun control or abortion or President Trump. We hear all kinds of opinions, but when it comes to railing, we only hear one story or one side of the um, opinion, which is totally anti against railing. And I was wondering about that. And then when I saw the movie The Cove in 2009, I was pretty shocked to see it. It's a really powerful, well-told story, but... Um, you know, there's a lot of lack of information, um, misleading information, and misunderstanding of their culture and a very long history of it. So I thought this is the, the problem, that the core of the problem is a lack of information. So, you know, it's been, uh, you know, sort of in my head for a long time, but there's sort of like when the movie The Cove won the Academy Award, I thought I really need to make a film from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. 
So when you made that decision, and I and, mm-hmm. and and there's a whole bunch of things that flow from a decision to do to make a film, right? So right. you've got to figure out how you're going to essentially gather the resources and the crews and all of the different stuff that you need in order to tell the mm-hmm. story. I'm just kind of curious, uh, sort of as you were approaching not only bringing people into the project, but also at some point uh, broaching the subject with the the community of Taji. Mm-hmm. Sort of walk us through a little bit of sort of just the kind of getting to the point where you were actually filming and beginning to tell that story. What was that like for you? Because I, I say this in the context of everyone thinks they know what the Cove is about. And I mean, what this right. community is about. And it, and I can't right. imagine that you weren't encountering some resistance just in not only trying to get yourself there, but also convincing the people of this community that you were there to sure. tell their side of the story. So talk, talk us through sure. that a little bit. Sure. Um, I was very fortunate to know this guy, my friend. Um, he is a filmmaker as well, and he's done a television documentary featuring Taiji and in its history, 400-year history of whaling. And um, he knew everyone. So I asked him to go to Taiji with me, introduce me to community leaders and mayor and fishermen's union, a leader of the fishermen's union. So um, when he, just because he's got a total, you know, uh, trust from the town, um, I have an access immediately. And, um, you know, they just trusted me because of him. Mm-hmm. And I explained um uh, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I think. And then they totally sort of like on board, got on board. So um, in terms of getting a permission, you know, officially, it was not that difficult. But when it comes to filming, it was a gradual process. You know, so of course, fishermen are very skeptical. Uh, they were reluctant to be, you know, filmed. But on the other hand, they were very frustrated because, you um, they were not to. They were told not to respond to any media. They were told not to raise their voice and just keep quiet. You know. So, um, but they do want it. They have a lot of stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, it it was a gradual process right. and back and forth. But um, I think I was fortunate that I had a channel. You know, proper channel to get through you know, uh, the official approval from the community. Right. Which is very important, you know. Right. What was it, mm-hmm. did you have to spend a lot of time in the village itself or in the community of Taji, or was it, is it did this take, I don't know how long this took for you to, from start to finish, to complete this project. Was this a year or two? Yeah. Or? No, it took me six years. Oh, six years, oh my goodness. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I, I had to stop in 2011 because of tsunami disaster. And then the whole country was about, you know, recovering from the disaster, so I just had to stop it. So mm-hmm. in the meantime, I, I made another film, uh, Herb and Dorothy 50 by 50. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, yeah, it took me six years, starting 2010 and finished 2016. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I'm just going to say, because uh, the the you know, as someone, as a film viewer, as someone who uh, uh, absorbs so many documentaries over the course of of a year, uh, when I heard about this project, I will tell you, 
honestly that I was a bit resistant to, to even mm-hmm. talking to you because it's so affixed in my mind. How could there be something other than um, the story we saw and we, know, right. we, we think we right. know? So I, I, I mean, it's just funny. And I don't know if there are, as you said, there are there are all these very controversial issues that we are constantly mm-hmm. sort of uh, thinking about or, or, or confronted with. Right. And but we usually hear both sides in some version. We hear hear both sides of, of the of those stories. Mm-hmm. So right. so. So even for me, I who who loves film and loves documentary films, I thought, oh, what what am I going? What am I getting into? And I I, I think it's important to set with the, in the minds of of the listeners here that this is a very open minded film, in and it presents all sides of this particular mm-hmm. uh, community right. and the issues surrounding it. But it also asks the bigger picture question, which is, right. what are exactly. we doing mm-hmm. to these communities? What are we steamrolling these communities? And I'll let you put it in your own words. I don't mean to dominate the. The, this conversation, but it the, it's just important to establish that this is a this is a, a documentary that presents a lot of different aspects and and questions. Sure. Yes, I do want to make the film to impose my idea. You know, I really want. I just wanted to keep a big room space for the audience to decide and feel. And um, so that's why I made it sort of like a balance. You know, I included a lot of different ideas in there instead of me saying, this is the right idea. This is wrong. These are the bad guys and these are the good guys. Right. That is something I avoided to do. So in that sense, I think um, people might feel a little bit like, you know, it's not powerful enough because I'm not telling you the clear message and clear idea, but this is really the idea, you know. And um, it's not about wailing. It's not about supporting, you know. The film is not to support whale and dolphin hunting at all. I'm just, you know, presenting, you know, the phenomenon. I'm just a storyteller. I don't have any agenda to right. push. Right. So I'm very different from the coal filmmaker, you know, she, he wanted to push the agenda to protect dolphins and, you know, they wanted Taiji to stop dolphin hunting, but I'm not, you know, I don't have that kind of agenda at all. So, um, yeah, it, the entry point is the uh, whale and dolphin hunting. Entry point is the cove film, the powerful, powerful film, the cove, but I'm not here to discuss whether it's right or wrong who's good or bad. Right. And um, it's, um, what I wanted to put, uh, portray, reflect, is this little fishing town, this very small town, sleepy, peaceful, you know, little town in the middle of nowhere in Japan. But when the Hollywood film descends, this is what happens. Yeah. And then that is the conflict. That is, you know, um, you know misunderstanding and division. And so I'm, my question is, how can we um, communicate better? How can we understand each other despite differences of our opinions or culture or background or whatever? Right. So it's, it's just so not about whaling film. Right. So that's something I want the audience to be prepared for. And um, really, want, I really want the audience to walk in with an open mind so that you can observe a lot. And I want them to have that exact perspective as well. That's that is mm-hmm. why I 
especially upon watching the film and just understanding what this film is actually about. And you're, yeah. what you said is, is, is I agree 100% with it. The, the idea of the cove and the whaling and, and the, the dolphin hunt and all that is an entry point. It is. And these people are not monsters. In fact, in fact we Americans could learn so much from uh, this particular village uh, and the way ab- that they have gone about, uh, maybe not necessarily in, in any way thrilled with people from Sea Shepherd and these other active, uh, you know, organizations showing up to, uh, mm-hmm. to protest, but the civility and the patience that they demonstrate in in it in uh, in this process of sort of make, yeah. trying to make their point of view with these people and also the level of tolerance for it is something that yeah. we, we can all benefit from. And, and right. uh, I mean, and, and especially in light of the fact that this is uh, a way of life that has been uh, around for at least uh, 400 years. And as it's mm-hmm. the points made in the in the film, you know, this tradition, also the, the fact the importance of, of fishing in in terms mm-hmm. of sustaining Japan after World War Two. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things that are are about this is about you know they're so just uh, just to reinforce the point you're you're making it isn't mm-hmm. ju- it isn't a rebuttal to the to the cove it is in fact a standalone uh, film that makes some very important points so thank you so much I really appreciate um, your comments and I'm so curious so what you know you're very resistant to even look at this film right at the beginning yeah yeah and uh, what made you what you know what made you to convince yourself to well just yeah take a look at it well, and then how does that like how did that you know I I don't want to use the word change because I'm not here to right. you know to make a movie to change anybody's mind at all right. but uh, I just don't know how that your idea and you know thinking sort of shifted I'm very curious to know well in in my I'm just as an individual I'm I am extremely resistant to the idea that I know everything I do not know everything mm-hmm. I certainly have if I've I've lived long enough to know that I should never ever be afraid to hear somebody else's point of view I I mm-hmm. I, I, I can't I can't underscore That's that wonderful. enough because I I should never be so insecure about the things that I believe to be true that I can't listen um, and under and try to begin to try and understand someone else's point of view or mm-hmm. perspective, and it's mm-hmm. the one thing that I think sustains me in in getting through life is I the longer and I think a lot of people would say this I'm not the first to say the longer the li- longer you live the less you know. And and exactly and, and so I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, and I go into yeah. So for me personally, and I think for people who are, who people who go to films, especially people who are gravitate to documentary films, these are people who are looking for all kinds of different perspectives and points of view. And I think that's mm-hmm. sort of a, a self-selecting audience of people. And I certainly hope that those people will take that to heart. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And also about this. You know, for me, about this issue of whaling and dolphin hunting, I thought at the beginning, I thought I knew a lot. You know, I have enough knowledge to make the film about it. But as I go along and I learn more about this issue, and I just, I really didn't. I less, the more I knew, less I thought I knew. (laughs) You know, I just, um, I was really confused many times whether... I'm doing the right thing, or I if I'm in the right direction, and I just kept questioning deeper and deeper to myself. So it, that's one of the reasons why it took so long 
to finish it. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I want to let our listeners know that we are speaking with uh, Megumi Sasaki. She is the director of the new film, A Whale of a Tale. And it is, again, let's go back to sort of the basics in the film and really kind of the the heart of it is humanizing Mm -hmm. people in in this community, hearing their perspective and point of view and understanding in the context of the world that we currently live in that we people don't truly appreciate how quickly – traditions and boundaries, international boundaries and uh, trade and uh, all kind of cultural imperatives are melting away and or in the process of transition. Now, there are a lot of mm-hmm. good to come from this, but there's also things that we have to consider in the impact right. it's going to have on all of our lives and how do we begin exactly. to address it. So this is what this film, when you get right through all the sort of the 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 way into it, this is what we're talking about. Well, you put it so beautifully, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you did it well. I mean, this is, I, I really think that when, yeah, because the, what, how do we get up? And this is the thing, another, I, I feel like I'm, I'm talking too much, so please jump in. But, no. Yeah, but, um, but the, the, you know, instead of getting mad at people for doing what they've mm-hmm. been doing successfully and to the benefit of their families and their community, how do mm-hmm. we, if we're going to change something, then let's see how can we make this work? How is it? What are the tools? What are the what are the opportunities that can be made mm-hmm. in this community and around the world for all kinds of other right. reasons? How can we do this? And what 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 are the tools we use to to make people uh, to not make people, but to have people understand that there are ways forward? And mm-hmm. how would you? I mean, what have you I learned? Think that we, we just have to. We really have to train. And accept the uh, difference, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, between fishermen and but even your family in your office, you know, your workplace. Um, I mean, we all have a different opinion. We all have different values uh, because we are different human beings. So I think we really have to train our mind that. Uh, to accept the differences, it's okay we're different, and nobody's right or wrong, you know, we're all right and wrong, but um, how can we live um, together despite the differences, you know, more ha- um, more ha- harmonious way? So that's something that we should focus on. I think we should, if we focus on more our common ground yeah. rather than the differences, and I think that helps because, you know, what I see it, what's happening in Taiji from distance, I think what's, ha- you know, the goal for the fishermen in Taiji and also the goal for the activists are not that far away because they both want to have, a, you know, rich ocean resources, right? Right. And we want to have, you know, we don't want all the species to be endangered. We want... We all want the ocean resources to be sustainable. So why don't we focus on that? And there are 300,000 dolphins die from the mixed catch from the huge scale of commercial fishing versus in this little town, 
like, you know, fishermen catching less than 1,000 dolphins, which are not even altogether, you know, different species. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're that, none of them are endangered species. So um, if you really want to protect dolphins in the most effective way, why don't we focus more towards that? Or overall, you know, um, a healthy ocean resource. How do we keep that? We have so much problems in the ocean. You know, like if you look at the wells itself, like we found a lot of wells washed up, starving to death, and their stomach is filled with like a plastic. Right. And um, can we just, you know, tackle to this more fundamental, more serious issues together? So instead of like, you know, pinpointing someone, making someone just a handful of, like, bad guys who is so vulnerable, who don't have a voice, who can't raise their voice, I think it's just a bully, you know. Um, yes, it might bring awareness, but, you know, it really affects and destroys their livelihood in the community. And I think we always have to be aware that, you know, especially as a documentary filmmaker, Film can be a very powerful tool and weapons. So we do have to be aware of the responsibilities, you know, what this film is going to, how this film is going to affect to the people who we feature right. in it. So um, in, com- in terms of the uh, tools, yes, of course, if you can have a dialogue, that's the most ideal, you know, try to come to understand it. But it's it's a it's a very difficult path. Yeah, and the both sides are so you know um, still now very le- reluctant to have open mindedness, you know, open minded and come closer together and come to some kind of um, you know solution. But it's it's not happening at all right. after all these years, even in Taiji. So yeah. at least I think we have to. We have to be okay with differences and not, you know, not to hate, not to bring in the hate, right. you know, right. and um, imposing your idea to the others. Right. I think that's very dangerous. And in the film, the the mayor, near the end of the film, the mayor is talking about, you know, you know, moving forward with a, a tourism attractions. And I mean, they have the museum there and there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff around all of this that I don't want to yeah. give away too much in the, in terms of the film itself. But mm-hmm. I think what I, what I sense in, in the film is that the people of Taji are open and the people of Japan who in sort of a, 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 a an understandable reaction to mm-hmm. the cove have sort of hardened the position of, well, we're not going to let, and that's understandable. I mean, every culture does this. We're not going to let someone else tell us what to do and how to. Right. Uh, and so, yeah. and so, and, and yeah. If you so, think about that, you know, yeah. if you think about the reverse, yeah. what if right. the, re- the situation is reversed? Like, for example, like Indians, you know, for Indians and Hindus, you know, cows are very, very, you know, it's a god, holy cow, you know. Right. It's just like, it's an important animal, so they never want to kill those animals. Right. But when a group of like Indian activists show up in American homes in the community where they are barbecuing, you know, 
right. in the protest and then they're calling them like, you're barbaric, you're uncivilized. How dare you could, you know, eat cows, such a precious, you know, animal. And what would American people do right. if that happened? Right. You know? So you really want to use the imagination. Right. Well, you know, I think... Well, in this country, it's illegal to have a camera in a in a slaughterhouse. I mean, it. I mean, yeah. it's not exactly an apples to apples comparison, but it's close enough in terms of to understanding what these animals are subjected to in order to mm-hmm. feed us. There's the the whole industry, the meat industry in this country is enormous right. and powerful, and they have legislation that prohibits you from even being able to to show the actual rendering of these animals, and that that's mm-hmm. not wasn't the case in terms of what happened in the cove. I mean, it's a it's again, it's a different set of circumstances, but nonetheless, we would be probably be horrified to see how our how cattle. And, mm-hmm. and sheep and everything else are brought to our table in 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 the exactly. kind of stark terms that in the cove. I uh, yeah, it's it's about the media war, you know. It's yeah. about how yeah. how we use media, right? And yeah. the visual image is just so powerful, right? You know, like you said, you know, it's illegal here, yeah, to show you know the slaughterhouse how you know animals are slaughtered. Yeah. So we rarely rarely see it, you know. It never shows up in the um, you know mainstream media at all. Yeah. But when it comes to whaling and dolphin hunting, it's everywhere. The brutalness, the cruelty, you know. Um, right. So that's how you know the media, our mind and emotion is controlled. Hmm. Yeah. So yes, and uh, I think we just have to be very um, you know clever media literate about it and how our mind is like really fed with a certain information with a certain intention right right well i want to let people look sorry mm -hmm. go ahead i'm sorry no go go ahead i just want to let people know that the film is 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 playing this week in los angeles at the lemley music hall and it's a wonderful theater. It's a great place to go. It's right there, sort of Beverly. Say Los Angeles. It's Beverly Hills. It's the Music Hall, right there on Wilshire. Oh. Wonderful place, and um, and run by people who really care about the the films that they're screening. Uh, it's also uh, coming up uh, in a couple of weeks in San Francisco at the Alamo Mission Theater, mm-hmm. as well as in Seattle at the uh, Seattle International Film Festival F- Film Center. Uh, coming up on the fourteenth of September as well. You can find out about the, right. okay. You can find out about the film at whaleofatailfilm.com. dot com. So you can look at uh, that plus uh, join the mailing list. I I, I really uh, Megumi, I, I really want to encourage people to encourage uh, filmmaking uh, and and what you're doing with this film in terms of just hey people let's see something let's see all the sides. Yeah, the story because mm-hmm. I I really I'm, I I want to let people know this doesn't somehow gloss over uh, the whaling industry. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's not a PR attempt on the part of you to make everybody mm-hmm. in this in this around this question to look better than they are. It's a very even-handed and a very um, wide-ranging approach to to what's going on in this village and the implications of it beyond that village. So. 
Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you again. I want to thank you so much for coming back on the show. This is a, it. You're the, the trifecta here of coming on film school, and I really appreciate all of your work. And um, again, I really hope that this is not having any kind of uh, detrimental or negative impact on your career because it, because the the emotions are so strong around. Uh, this issue and uh, I, I, it's you're too valuable uh, as a journalist and um, to, uh, to to have that. I, I hope I, I'm just saying that I don't know exactly how you would react to that uh, particular idea, but uh, in terms of if it is having an impact, but I can imagine you're meeting mm-hmm. some resistance within the community. So um, yes, it's um, kind of unfortunate that um, it's you know some people call me or some people even you know without seeing the movie. They call it as a propaganda film, or they call me propaganda filmmaker, you know, just to discredit. And um, so um, it's it's so not about, you know, (laughs) I just don't have any agenda. I don't, I'm not propagating any, you know, um, message, political message or anything. And, but um, that's how, you know, people who have this already mindset and a strong emotions toward the, uh, and dolphin hunting issues, and also about the uh, the cove. Uh, that's how they react to it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But um, I just wanted to make it available. I just wanted, you know, I just wanted to provide the information and the insights which haven't been available here. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm not trying to make a case. I'm not, you know, trying to support any industry or anything like that. But I am. I have to say I'm very sympathetic to this little town, little community going under such a, you know, horrendous um, international, you know, pressure. So, um, yeah, I really hope that um, if you are a filmmaker, and I really want you to see it, just to show, you know, the different perspectives. Yeah. Well, Megumi, thank you so much for being here on Film School. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to come back here and talk to you again, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.